0: All right, tell me about your friends. Tell me about your friends. Do you have a friend who is at least 15 years older than you? Do you have a friend who is at least 15 years younger than you? So for me, that question would be, do I have a 30-year-old friend and do I have a 70-year-old friend? Um, And then there's also this definition of friend. So, you know, you, you can define friend however you need to in answer to this question, but What I'm really trying to get at is intergenerational friendships. Do you have them? Are you experiencing friendship with a person or people substantially older than you and substantially younger than you? Um, Are you even in proximity to a person who is 15 years older and 15 years younger than you? Could be a neighbor, could be somebody at work, could be somebody um, you met at a conference or... Through your own parent or through your own child, like your kids' friends, could they become your friends? That would probably easily uh, answer the 15 years younger question. Um, do your parents have a friend who could be your friend? That would give you that 15 years older than you person, probably more than that. Um, how about somebody that maybe you met at church or through a shared interest, maybe through, um, you know, a a challenge being faced in your community that you're both passionate about, a shared mission, a hobby, a group. Do you have a friend that is outside of your generation? There's a lot of importance to having intergenerational friendships. Um, it's, and, and like a third of us say that we have those relationships. Um, but, It's interesting that intergenerational friendships are actually more common the older we get. And younger people today have few friends, fewer friends outside of their own age range. And so um, it's really hard to make a new old friend. I totally recognize and acknowledge that. But maybe today or this weekend or this week or this month is the time that you and I are supposed to make a new friend. Do you have a close friend who's at least fifteen years older or younger than you? Your Mo, your Moses, your Joshua, your Caleb. Um, let me encourage that today. Uh, it's not just important for you know the health of our uh, relational network. It's important for the health of the body of Christ, um, because the body of Christ is intergenerational, and so we need to be actively seeking out and seeking relationships with people who are generationally different than we are. We talk about, you know, having a, a diversity of of relationships. Well, this is one area of diversity that I think maybe we don't pause and think enough about. Um, all right. Uh, are you listening on an AM signal? Are you listening right now on uh, an actual AM signal? Maybe you're in the Twin Cities and you're listening on AM 900. Maybe you are in... Hartford listening to a.m. 1290 or Madison at a.m. 1190 Waterloo a.m. 1090. You could also be listening, I think, in Cedar Rapids on that same signal if, you know, it's strong this morning. Um, So we have uh, some a.m. signals. Fargo, Moorhead, you could be listening on a.m. 1200 Kansas City. Oh, no, Kansas City. They're on an HD signal. Um, How about Sioux Falls a.m. 1270? You get the point, right? You could be listening today on an actual a.m. radio signal. Many of you are not listening on an AM signal. You're listening on an, either an FM radio signal or you're listening streaming at MyFaithRadio.com or on the Faith Radio app. So I get it. I get that the ways that we're listening now are really diverse. Um, but there was a move by car manufacturers to eliminate the AM signal in terms of its availability in new cars, and so we were pointing out the challenges related uh, to that. Um, and now there's actually there are actually two pieces of legislation moving through Congress, one through the House and one through the Senate. Um, the the AM for every vehicle act is what it's called on, on one side. Um, and that legislation would mandate AM in all new motor vehicles. And you say to yourself, well, that doesn't seem like something that we would necessarily want um, because we don't necessarily like the government mandating a bunch of stuff. But um, but here's the reality in this particular case. AM signals are going to work when a lot of other stuff doesn't. And so um, we just need to be mindful of that as we become more and more dependent on uh, on digital technology that radio waves are really reliable and uh, and we want to continue to have them to be available. So if you are so interested in supporting the AM for Every Vehicle Act, you might want to communicate with your member of of Congress about that, and tell them you appreciate uh, what you what you hear over the AM signal. All right, Adam Holtz is going to join us next from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. Mm hmm, mm hmm. We're going to talk about theology and morality in relationship to what people are seeing on the big and the small screens. So, have you been to see a movie? Did you see Oppenheimer? Did you see Barbie? What what else have you been out there watching? Um, we're going to catch up on all things Plugged In next on Mornings with Carmen. Adam Holtz is joining us for Focus on the Families Plugged In. You can find some of what we're talking about today and a lot of great resources at PluggedIn.com. Good morning, Adam.
2: Good morning, Carmen. How are you today?
0: I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Why, um, why does Barbie hate pregnant people? What is going on?
2: You know, it's a great question, and it leads into a bigger conversation. So um, Barbie the movie features a Barbie from, I believe, the 1970s named Midge. uh, And Midge, uh, there was a version of her briefly offered called Pregnant Barbie, in which there was literally a a little fetus inside that I think that you could remove. They show the packaging in the credits after the movie, and they're sort of going through a litany of Barbies that were discontinued because they said they were weird. Uh, So that's the line, you know, um, that they think Pregnant Barbie, Pregnant Midge, was weird. There's no more conversation about it than that. Um, but but that's the story. And I have a couple things I want to add to that, but I could probably just go talk for 10 minutes straight. So I'm going to take a breath and <laughs> let you respond to that.
0: Well, um, Midge was also married, which was unusual. Yes, for, to Alan. For, and, Alan yeah. is,
2: and Alan is and, in the and, movie as well. Ah. And Alan oh, is go. a very, I felt like Somewhere between effeminate and gender uh, ambiguous androgynous character in the movie. So they they do not depict Alan and Midge's marriage in the movie at all. It's never hinted at. Um, but uh, even his outfit in the movie is is pretty much a direct one to one copy of of one of the versions of him that was available, and he sort of serves as the anti Ken here. Uh, for better or for worse. Um, Obviously, Barbie is stirring up an enormous amount of conversation. Um, And can can I wax eloquent for just a moment here? I just want to have one idea I want to toss into the mix.
0: Go right. right ahead.
2: Okay. I think this is an interesting case study in text versus subtext. And here's what I mean by that. Text is what we all see that we can agree on objectively everybody that is there subtext is getting into interpreting what the motive or intention was behind the portrayal of that image or that idea so in this case the text is they say pregnant barbie was weird the sub that's the observation if we want to put it in you know sort of uh Bible study language, it's observation, interpretation, application, what, so what, now what. Um, The question, the subtext question is, what did they intend by that? Did the creators of this movie intend to demean marriage, or was it a throwaway line because they were just sort of name-checking Barbies that didn't work? Um, And my guess is, I would actually say it might be more of the latter, but the latter also fits their worldview. Uh, The other text and subtext question uh, that we have wrestled with is we've gotten so many letters saying, why didn't you call out all of the gay stuff in Barbie more than you did in your review? If you've seen the movie, though, there actually is very little that is textually in that camp. You have a lot of shirtless guys who are dancing together. And again, it gets into text and subtext. Um, We can objectively say, there are shirtless guys dancing it looks a little bit like you know a village people video at some points um what is the subtext is the subtext intended to communicate a pro-gay or a homoerotic perspective i think you can make that argument but i think for us as we're commenting on these things we have to distinguish between What is actually objectively there and what is our interpretation of those images and those ideas? I think a lot of the conversation about Barbie uh, is in the subtext area. And so I think that should at least cause us to tap the brakes for a moment before we go on a rampage online against somebody who has a view that doesn't line up with ours. I have been really kind of had my breath taken away by just the ferocity uh, and the viciousness of some of the critiques of our review because <laughs> we didn't call out some of that subtext stuff as much as people want us
0: you're to. not, You're not angry enough, man. You're not angry enough for some people. We're not
2: angry enough. And, and well, uh, honestly, we're, we're living in that place in our culture.
0: Mm-hmm. No, totally, 100%. So we're going to um, continue our conversation here with Adam Holtz in just a moment. I am going to share one little tidbit with you um, about Midge, when she rolled out on to um onto the market, she was um she was originally uh, rolled out in the in the late 1980s. Um, she uh, was re released in the 1990s wearing a wedding dress. Again, re released in 2002. That's when she had this detachable magnetic pregnant stomach that allowed her to, quote, deliver a small plastic baby that was curled up inside. She had a three-year-old, she and Alan had another child um, that is depicted as three-year-old Ryan in the, quote-unquote, happy family collection. And if you're asking yourself, why did the happy family collection of Barbie not survive, because Christians went bananas. Christians went crazy. They said that we were glamorizing or promoting teen pregnancy. And so Walmart pulled the Happy Family Collection off the shelves in 2002 because of pretty crazy Christian backlash. So if you're wondering wow. today why pregnant Barbie didn't make it, um, yeah, you. I mean, this is, this is part of the challenge of like when we get irate about something, we should think about long-term, would it be nice to have kids talking about Real pregnancy and marriage and a happy family? Yeah, might be better than the conversations we're having about Barbie today. All right, more with Adam Holtz in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Yes, yes, I'm aware of the ongoing controversy related to Jason Aldean's small town. I am also um, aware of what's going on in relationship to that now with Toby Keith and Willie Nelson and an old song called Beer for My Horses. But we don't have time to talk about all of that today, so you'll have to do your own research. We are talking. Um, with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In, and he is going to brief us in on the theology of the Legend of Zelda. First of all, who is Zelda? What's the Legend of (laughs) Zelda? And then what's the theology of the Legend of Zelda?
2: Well, Legend of Zelda is a very, very popular series of video games uh, that have been on the Nintendo platforms, and I would put these squarely in sort of uh, fantasy territory. Um, And as with fantasy of all kinds, you generally speaking have, um, you've got magical elements, you have a worldview that involves spiritual stuff. Um, And Kennedy Unthank, who is one of our resident gamers, Kennedy loves games, is doing a series. So he's done a two-part series on the theology of legend of zelda and i want to just point out a couple things this is sort of a deep dive and this is one of the things we hope to offer at plugged in is the opportunity for you to to be exposed to our folks who really know sort of the ins and outs of how this works and one of the things that i love that kennedy does in his article is he compares and contrasts uh the gospel to some of the things that we see in Zelda, uh, both good and bad, you know, places where there are echoes of the gospel and places where um, things get a little bit sideways from the gospel. And I think at Plugged In, we want to help parents learn how to do that with their kids, with everything entertainment wise. So um, without diving too deeply into the specifics here, I would commend those two articles to you. And we're going to be doing more of them, just sort of that ongoing. Worldview training. How can you understand your child's world? How can you understand what they're what they're interested in, and how can you have a conversation that connects back to our Christian convictions?
0: Some people are wondering, um, like when we talk about things like games, like in this case, yeah. the the, le- the Legend of Zelda. Um, yes, Tears of the Kingdom has ten million yeah. players. Um, yes yeah uh, and so when we talk about um a franchise like Legend of Zelda, we're talking about something that tens of millions of people um are playing and they're playing it across generations uh yep. and so when you're when you're wondering why would we be talking about this? well, because in all likelihood there's a kid you know or a young adult you know who is playing this game or a game oh, yeah. in in this world of games, in this constellation of games. And so um, I just uh, am always mindful of that, Adam, that sometimes just because I'm not playing games, like other than maybe Solitaire, um, uh, other people are playing games and they're doing so um, more frequently than they're watching videos.
2: Well, and and let me just say one thing super quickly. I think the influence of video games is important for us to understand because games like these are narrative games. They're like a long movie. It's a world. It's a world. And so there have been 19 of these games. And if you spend 40 or 50 or 60 or 100 or more hours in this world, it actually is exerting a far greater influence, at least time-wise, potentially, on your worldview than watching a movie for 90 minutes or two hours.
0: Yeah. When you talk about the influence of worldview, if you are immersed in the world of The Legend of Zelda... And you're 19 games in. You have played those 19 games many, 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 many times. You've invested hours and hours and hours in each of those. And so we're talking about a lot of time immersed of time. in in a world. And that world has a world view. It has characters. Yep. It has narrative. It has flow. You, you, yeah. So anyway, you have relationships in that context, and so that's one of the reasons that we talk about such things. Um, okay. That's exactly um, right. I don't think we need to talk about Haunted Mansion very long, but it is the one nope. review we have teed up to discuss. So, thumbs uh, up, thumbs Haunted
2: Mansion, uh, thumbs <laughs> all the way down. It is an occult mess. And I just think, do they have meetings at Disney where they brainstorm new ways to alienate Christian or conservative customers? Because this movie is a disaster. So, don't go mm-hmm. see it.
0: Don't go see it. That's a that's a hard no. Um, all right. As always, Adam, thank you so much for being with us.
2: You bet. Love talking with you. Thanks, Carmen.
0: Likewise. That's Adam Holtz. You can find him at Focus on the Families. Plugged in. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. It's time for the Friday Farm Report. All right. What's happening on your farm? What's happening in your garden? How does your garden grow? What you got cooking? You know, all those things. Um, So I live on a farm in Middle Tennessee. We raise kids. We raise uh, eggs from chickens. I mean, we raise chickens, but, you know, really for the eggs. We raise dogs for no purpose other than, well, two of them have, like, retired from active service and are just now, like, lounge lizards. But two of them are actively working in the orchard right now, uh, seeking to protect what they can of our fruit, although we have a crow problem right now. I was actually anticipating that at some point this morning during the show, we we might hear a shotgun. (laughs) And so um, I was going to tell you, okay, that's just Jim seeking to eradicate the crows from the tops of the trees that are stealing our fruit. So they've already stripped the upper orchard completely clean as we don't have any dogs up there. And then we got dogs uh, here at the orchard that's closer to our house. And so anyway, um, it looks like we will have like what I'll describe as a low fruit harvest. Uh, the, The fruit that... Um, the crows have not snatched away. So we've had a squirrel problem and thus we got dogs and now we have a crow problem and I don't know that we'll know how to get rid of them. They're they're apparently very smart. So <clears throat> they may be back. The calf, about whom you have been concerned, is nearly fully recovered. So thank you so much. Um, he's doing great. He, uh, he bounces around like a calf is supposed to bounce around and, um, you know, he's getting a fat little belly. You can still see, you know, his, uh, his hip bones and some of his ribs, but man, he's so much improved. So thank you so much for your concern related to him. We give God all the glory. Um, I mean, Jim prayed over this calf, like, God, this, this calf is going to die unless you intervene. And so we give God all, all the glory and thank him for the resources, um, you know, that we had that we could use to foster him back to health. Um, I am mowing between rain showers Um, and like everywhere else it's hot it's like sticky nasty walk outside you're in a sauna hot so uh, what's going on where you are you can always brief me in uh, text me at 877-933-2484 particularly those of you who are rich in rhubarb I like to hear this time of year from people who are rich in rhubarb so if that's you Let me know, um, and I'll just confess in advance, I'm going to be a little bit jealous of you. The only thing we're rich in in our garden right now is tomatoes. We had so much rain that um, uh, our squash and cucumber plants, like, I I don't exactly know what happened, but they're no longer producing. So that's happening where I am. What's happening where you are? How does your garden grow? I'd love to know. Text me at 877-933-2484. Now, let me ask this. If you are a single person, you are a not married person, do you think marriage is in your future? Do you hope so? Do you have um, a young person in your life who imagines that one day they'll be married? How are you preparing for that reality? Like we go to school for so many things. We invest in training for all kinds of, um, uh, of projects and industries. What about marriage? How early is too early to start getting schooled on marriage? And who would do that? Well, we're going to talk with Michael and Julie Johnson. Future Marriage University is, uh, is the ministry. Um, we've talked with them before. I thought it would be good to catch up again. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Michael and Julie Johnson are joining us now. Future Marriage University is the ministry. Uh, Good morning, Mike and Julie.
1: Good morning, Carmen. Good
3: morning.
0: Julie, I I understand that you are a gardener. How does your garden grow?
3: Yes, I heard you talking. I have green onions. I do not have rhubarb, but I have lots of green onions for some reason.
0: <laughs> I love that. Do you um do you have um some special green onion recipes that you uh you know do you mix it with like I'm yeah. imagining a little yes. sour a she little sour cream, cream and a little cream cheese?
1: She thinks green onions go on <laughs> everything.
3: I was gonna say I just put them on everything. I love
0: them. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. All right, little green onion yeah. on a scrambled egg this morning sounds delish, delish. Yes. Um, yes. let's uh let's talk about um let's talk about marriage. Um future marriage university, what is it and why do we need it?
1: Uh well, our basic mission is to empower students and young adults to grow spiritually and date wisely so they can marry well. Um culture used to be a culture that supported marriage. Um this just in that just changed yesterday <laughs> or a long time ago. And so uh, we just want to give them handles on how to approach dating in a wise way, most likely to get them to a life-giving, lifelong marriage.
0: That's so good. That's so good. You guys have been parents for a long time. Um, You've been parenting like your own people for many years. I feel like your young people are now teens and young adults, maybe even, you know, married themselves. So this isn't just your own experience of being married. This is your experience of preparing another generation for marriage.
1: Correct. Yes.
3: Yeah. We have five kids, 19 to 27. So most in their twenties, but one teenager left. So yeah, we've been walking this with those five children and their friends and then the kids that come to our classes
1: and and none of them married yet, but that's not our fault.
3: <laughs> <laughs> none, of, none of our kids married yet. <laughs> They're working on it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So okay, but so I think that's um that's actually helpful to know. Um and, and helpful to roam around in because there may be people listening right now, you know, their their quote life plan in relationship to marriage, it hasn't worked out in the timeline that they expected. It maybe not the timeline that their parents followed. They may have no positive pattern. For marriage at all. Um, Future Marriage University is for all of those. It, it, it meets all of those needs. Can you talk a little bit about what students experience in Future Marriage University? And then also, I want to get into the resources that are available for parents um, on your website as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, yeah, over 400 blog posts. Julie and I have done over 260 videos um, obviously the main topics are sex dating and relationships. We don't talk a lot about marriage specifically, sure. but just in terms of how to date in such a way, most likely to get, get you there. If you go to our YouTube channel, they, uh, we have our, we, we, you click the new here, start here video, and that will introduce all the other various playlists that we have. So you can figure out what your next step in your, uh, your journey is there. As far as uh, classes that we do locally, and uh, well, soon, our biggest resource that we just had come out that we're very excited about is our book, Date Like You Know What You're Doing, Your Date Prep Guide. And uh, that has come out of a dating class that we've done since when, Julie? Uh, The last
3: six years. Last
1: six years we've been doing this dating class. Before that, I was teaching the same material in a different sort of way on Christian college campuses. So really, this this is material that's been like 10 plus years in the making, and we finally turned it into a book so that other people can do in our own class, in our own home, uh, what we do, and they can do that right they where they are. They can do it in oh, sorry, their
3: own yes. home. <laughs> they're not going to come do it in our home, <laughs> but they can
0: do it in there.
1: <laughs> This is why I have a wife. she's my helper.
0: It's so good. It's so good. Um, all right, yeah, I- date... Yeah, date like you know what you're doing. Um, Let's dig around um, in that for for just a moment. Um, Lifelong marriage does not just happen. Um, I attended a wedding this weekend, and uh, one of the things that the pastor who's marrying this young couple said, you know, he talked about the premarital um, counseling that he had done with them. He also talked about the, um, the time that they were spending with a pastor in the community where, you know, they're going to be living as a married couple, like how they are already invested with a pastor who's going to walk with them in their marriage, um, talked about the support of their families, talked about the importance of everybody that was there witnessing it, particularly those who were standing up with them. Like marriage doesn't just happen and yeah. marriage doesn't just happen between two people.
1: Amen. Thank you.
3: <laughs> right. Well, and he, we started the the dating class and what we do at Future Marriage University because it's about how young people might get some kind of education about.
1: Um, yeah, you, we, what we call we call what we serve love ed. You know, know, love education, Mm -hmm. love ed for sure. And it is the missing link between the sex ed you get in middle school or I hear now that they're giving it in kindergarten. Whenever you get that sex ed, it's that missing link between that and the premarital counseling that you really don't get until you believe you've already found the one. And even though it might be amazing, like Julie and I got amazing premarital counseling. We know this because my pastor had known me Cause I met with him weekly for four years before we got mm-hmm. married. So he, he knew me and his wife was a professional counselor and they went through this, I think it was preparing and rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they, they had all this stuff and everything. And, and I'm going to tell you, I, I remember one thing from all of that premarital count. I know it was amazing, but I only remember one thing. And that one thing was this, we had a session one time in their home. And at one point in time, as they were doing the session, she was feeding her little infant daughter and At some point in time, that daughter began to gag and then she began to vomit and vomit and vomit. And that is that's all I remember from all the premarital counseling. And that's because your head is full of love and you just Mm -hmm. know they're the right person. And whatever this pastor guy is saying, you're like, wah, 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 love.
3: So like you said, with that couple that the pastor was talking about, their premarital counseling, but then also about how they had already invested in community, it sounds like you're saying, and that they were part of a church body. And so that's something that we talk about in our love education in this book. You know, what are those things that you should be doing even before premarital counseling that are building you up into the person that is ready for marriage and ready to take that step.
1: And being plugged in the Christian community is one of the six prerequisites. Uh, we have six prerequisites for romance one one And if you aren't, if you're looking for a lover, but you're not looking for a church body, you're, you got it in the wrong order. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, that's that whole love in all the wrong places, uh, and in all the <laughs> wrong relationships kind of conversation. Um, I just, I, I love it. I, I, I love the, um, or I appreciate the way you describe it all as a journey. And so if you're Mm -hmm. listening right now, like wherever you are um, on this journey, we want you to invite, we want to invite you to take the next faithful step. And that faithful step for you might be a step away from a relationship that is not the one that God really intends for you. Um, Mm -hmm. We want you to grow spiritually. We want you to date wisely so that you can marry well and so you if you're longing to be married um and you're wondering you know well how could i um pursue christ in this season of singleness um in order that i would be prepared well to enter into a life-giving lifelong marriage that blesses the world as much as it blesses uh me and my spouse this is the these are the kinds of conversations that um Uh, that Michael and Julie want to have with you. Um, So the book is Date Like You Know What You're Doing. But if you just um, Google Future Marriage University, you can get connected to the YouTube page and the website where the blogs are posted and all of those good things as well. So we're going to continue our conversation here in just a moment. I'm specifically going to ask... For some parental guidance, it's the PG section of the Future Marriage University website, some PG guidance um, to equip parents to empower our kids to thrive in their relationships. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Did you know that whatever you're experiencing today, whatever you're going through, the suffering, the challenges, the questions you have, God has something to say to you about all of it? We have an ongoing Reading Through the Bible Together series at MyFaithRadio.com, and we're exploring what God says about suffering, truth, and godliness. We're reading the book of 2 Timothy together. Did you know that God has given not a spirit of fear, but that God has given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind? I mean, how cool is that? It's in 2 Timothy that God's Word says of itself all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that every person um, might be complete and equipped for every good work. So I'm wondering, would you join us in reading the Bible together at MyFaithRadio.com, that you might be equipped through God's Word for the good works that He's prepared in advance just for you, and that you might discover that God is with you right now in whatever you're experiencing? The suffering, the challenges, the questions. God's got something to say about all of it. Join us at MyFaithRadio.com in reading the Bible together. All right, we, uh, we are talking with Michael and Julie Johnson. Future Marriage University uh, is, the, is the ministry um, website. YouTube channel, Facebook page, all the good, all the good stuff. Um, The book is Date Like You Know What You're Doing. Um, And they've also got these wonderful courses as well. Relationology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Relationology. Relationology. Relationology mm-hmm. for teens and for young adults. Um, all available at the website as well. Let's talk about the PG uh, section of the website, Julie. When we talk about parental guidance, equipping parents to empower their kids to thrive in relationships, what are some of the what are some of the key things here in the PG um, section of Future Marriage University?
3: Well, we just want to encourage parents to be the primary person that's talking to their kids, because we all know the kids, our kids are getting so many messages from the culture and you want to be the one who is speaking into that. And a lot of times our kids, when they're in their early teens and late teens and even into their 20s, um, they may not Some of of those kids are going to come to us because that's their personality, but some of them are not. And we want to be a resource to help you talk to your children and to help you um, have material to ask questions um, about topics of relationships and dating and sex and to have material to share with them, to encourage them to pursue a Christ like life in their relationships. So I think a lot of parents, we think, you know, the culture is moving so fast and we're afraid that we don't have the right things to say. Maybe we've made mistakes in our past. And so we feel like, oh, I don't have I don't have the ability to really speak into this because we have that guilt or shame of things that have happened in the past, but really the Lord gave us those children to speak to. And these topics are so important and the culture is not holding back. The culture is sending them all kinds of incredibly mixed up messages. So we need to speak truth into that. And we want to help parents do that.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the note that your child needs you, um, Mm -hmm. such an important affirmation. Um, uh, maybe we could do a little exercise in equipping parents right now, Michael, in terms of how we pray for our kids.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that. I am big for that. Um, my biggest, we talk about three T's there. Um, first praying about Lord, what is the truth that my kid, because the I, if you think like me as a parent, you're like, you see all the things, and mm-hmm. if you want to sit them down and be like, okay, well, point number one, and an hour later, point number 27. <laughs> but what's the one truth? The Lord Jesus, narrow it down to one truth that my teen, my adolescent, my young adult needs to learn, and then that's I'm pretty good at that as far as like just the truth part, but the place where I fail. Is the an next T, and that's who's the teacher? In other words, Lord, am I supposed? Am I? To- I know Julie just said we're the primer. I know she just said that. I'm not contradicting that. I'm just saying sometimes my kid needs to hear this from somebody else other than me again. And so, mm. it, but you don't know until you pray about it and say, "Lord, am I? Am I the teacher in this place?" To, to- I've told them that forty times. To- <laughs> and and I might just Lord, I pray for our youth pastor Chase. I pray that you put on his, you know. It, it, should I call Chase and ask him about, you know, it, that sort? Of, pray about that. And then the last T, <laughs> the one I really fail at, because the timing in my mind is always right now. But no, pray about the timing. Uh, we, is this, you know when is the right time to bring this up if i am, if if i i got the truth clear okay god's confirmed i'm supposed to be the teacher but is tonight the night or is after they get off work at 9:30 at night <clears throat> probably not the best time and i need to wait for saturday afternoon so uh those are kind of our our tips with uh praying for your kids
0: i like the the, the timing one um in particular um it also gives me more time um because sometimes I'm, I don't, there's not a T for this, but sometimes I'm not in the right spirit. Like I'm I'm operating out of fear or I'm operating out of anger or I'm operating out of disgust, like whatever. I'm not operating out of love and I'm not operating um, with, I mean, I can't even get clear on the first one. What's the one truth my kid needs right now to have affirmed or to hear or to learn? Like I, because I'm just, obsessed with whatever you know i how i see this Mm -hmm. and so the timing one um settling into some time of prayer and asking that question um that's that's also like a huge pressure valve release if you're if you're in the moment um because asking the timing question is huge and then i kind of back up into the okay if this if this is not the right time am i even the right person like Am I even the right teacher? Like they have heard it from me a million times. And so, um, and they don't need nor want to hear me say, how many times do I write that? That's not helpful. It's just not. I know because I lived that reality myself. Um, uh, yeah. So everybody listening already knows this, but there was a time in my life when I actually responded to my mom who said, "How many times, did it, whatever it was, right?" And I said, "Well, apparently one more because." And that was, let's just say, not the most positive way for me to respond oh as a God. child. I love it in that moment. Yeah. Oh my God. Michael and Julie, it's so fun to catch up with you guys. Future Marriage University is the ministry. Um, you can just Google it and get there. They've got a Facebook page, a YouTube channel. The the brand new book, "Date Like You Know What You're Doing," also not hard to find. Um, and and great great courses and resources there. So, Michael and Julie, thank you so much. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you,
3: thank you very much. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Yes, I have uh, tried other methods with the crows. Thank you so much for your concern related to my garden. Um, For those of you who are rich in rhubarb, uh, yeah, the jealousy just grows. I don't know what else to say. Um, But I love you and I appreciate you. Um, Thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Time is the most important investment you're going to make today because it's the one resource that you cannot get more of and you can't get back once once it is spent. So um, I consider it a great privilege that you have chosen to spend this time with me today. I hope that it has been profitable for your own walk of faith. I hope that God will multiply um, the time that we have spent together here um, in order that he might be glorified and you might be equipped to walk your faith out into the world that God so loves and to do so in ways that honor Jesus. I don't, I don't want to just have you hear that as something I say every day, although I do say it every day. I, I recognize that you and I are chosen by God to be alive right now, to live where we live, to be his ambassadors of his kingdom a provisional demonstration of the kingdom of God in the midst of the kingdoms of this world. It's not by mistake that you are where you are today in the encounters that you are in. Those are divine appointments. Those are moments that God wants to use you to reveal and amplify and glorify himself. He wants other people to see him through you. So... um. I'm hoping that the conversations we've had today have partially prepared you for that. You certainly want to get into the Word of God before you get out there into the world that God so loves. Um, I'm going to encourage you to take some time this weekend just with you and the Lord. If all if all you can muster is a few minutes, then give him a few minutes. If you've got an hour, give him an hour. Apparently, on average, Americans have about five free hours of time every day. Five! That's a lot of time we could be spending differently. And so how are you spending your time? Again, it's a precious resource. It's the one resource we can't get any more of. Um, And so once it's spent, it's spent. And so how are you going to spend the resource of your time today? Moment by moment, let us be cooperating with the Holy Spirit Um, that we would respond not only to God, but to others as Christ would have us do. Let's be positive agents of his grace in the world today because the world sure needs some grace. Let's be those people um, today. I love you. Thanks so much for the time together. Have a great weekend and God bless.